Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to talk to you briefly today about how to get your prayers answered from a very unusual background, a little bit different way to say it than perhaps a lot of people will say it. And I'm also going to talk about the Crusades, several other things, and I'm talking for a little bit of notes, but most of this is just talking from my heart this morning. First of all, about getting your prayers answered. And again, I haven't looked up the verse, but everybody knows there's a verse that says, These kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Meaning, the most powerful thing that a Christian can do to get their prayers answered is to fast. But one of the things that's kind of been a surprise to me in asking people to do a three-day fast before they come into this crusade, April 19th through 22nd, is that a lot of Christians don't know anything about fasting. They haven't done much fasting, if at all. And there's actually, there are a lot of them pretty afraid of it. I mean, they don't want to say it, but that's that's what's got back to me. So I need to talk about that. I want to take your fear of fasting away today. Okay, so who am I that has earned the right to talk about fasting? Well, as you know, I write up a fast track every Tuesday night, which is a little email that I sent out to people that are on the Fast Track team. And I think we just did the number 750. That means for some 750 weeks, I have been sending out this Fast Track. Now, first of all, what is the Fast Track? Well, it's just basically, this is the fast we're going to do. This is the prayer we're going to do. And I have people pray a prayer of protection before they do the, the prayer, or you know the, the prayer I'm asking them to do. So we do the same fast, the same prayer, the same day. Now, the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. The Bible also says that one can put a thousand to flight, two can put two th- 10,000 to flight. So when a Christian joins his brother and sister and they fast together and they do the same fast the same day, that is very, very powerful. So what is 750 weeks? Well, I haven't figured it out, but I think it's someplace in the ballpark of 15 years. That means every Tuesday evening, we start at Tuesday evening at midnight, and we go to Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Not a real difficult fast, not tough. It's a fast that, well, I guess at least I can do, I can do every week. It's something I can live with. So for some 15 years, pretty much every week, uh, yeah, there's been a couple of times I messed up and forgot about it and I ate. But pretty much every week for some 15 years, I've been doing a fast. But I've also done a one-week fast, nothing but water. I've done, I was going to do a three-day fast. Uh, We'll talk about that with no food, no water. Uh, That didn't work out. But again, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fasting because a lot of times I hear people complain that, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. God doesn't hear me anymore. Or they're really, really in a big bad jam themselves, uh, their family, there's a big health problem, there's a big financial problem, maybe even a big legal problem. And many people just don't know how to reach up and grab a hold of the heart of God and get him to listen and get him to answer their prayers. Well, let me tell you right now, the strongest way, the strongest way, the, yeah, I say that three times, the strongest way to get your prayers answered, brothers and sisters, is through fasting. So let's talk briefly about fasting, and then I'm going to go on to the topic that we really want to get into today. Don't make fasting difficult. You don't have to make it difficult. It's God is not going to be displeased with you if it's a small fast. He is, here's, here's the way to think about it. It is simply what is in your heart 
being demonstrated to, to your God, saying, this is what a jam I'm in. This is why I need this prayer answered. The, and by the way, it's not always just because you're in a jam. Sometimes it's because you really, really want something. And yeah, it could be a new building for your business, a, a new house, a new car, a, a, some kind of a clothes and a sale or something. It can be good things. But what you're saying is, from my heart, before God, this is how bad, this is how much, maybe that's the way to say it, this is how much I want you to hear, this is how much I want you to answer this prayer. And then you do the fast. Now, let me explain. Some of the fasts might be very simple. Okay, like I'm not going to chew gum for a week. Okay, that, I agree, that's not much of a fast. <laughs> or you may say, I'm not going to watch TV for a week. Again, it's a fast, but it's not much of a fast. You may say, well, I'm not going to have any Coke or something like that for a whole week or for three days or something. Again, those are those are not real tough. However, keep in mind that Daniel received an angel visit and several of the greatest prophecies in the Bible, and all he did was stop doing three things. He stopped drinking wine, eating bread, and stopped putting on his daily body lotion. I mean, seriously, Daniel 3, here it is. I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So he actually had three, four things. So he didn't eat any meat, no meat, and he did this for three weeks. No meat, no bread. Okay, that's basically, that makes it a little bit tougher, doesn't it? No meat, no bread, no wine. He didn't anoint himself, and of course he lived in Iraq, what is Iraq today, so it may be that they had some kind of oil they anointed themselves with. I, you know, I don't know. But he did that for three weeks. He got an angel visit and one of the most powerful visions of all time. So that's not that tough. Okay, so just think about that. No meat, no bread, no wine, and don't put on your body lotion for three weeks. That's a pretty good fast. Okay, then... Let me tell you about the Romanian fast. Now, this is the one that Dimitri told me about. This is the one that Dimitri did and most of the Romanians did, the Romanian Christians. When the sun is up, they only drink liquids. Sun goes down, the fast is off, and it's back to normal eating, drinking, whatever you want to. In other words, when the sun is shining, they don't eat. When the sun is not shining, they can do what they want. That's the Romanian fast. Now, Personally, the fast that I do and the fast that I ask our fast track, fast track team to do is we just don't eat any food. And yes, you can have coffee or juice or whatever, like, but we just don't eat any food from Tuesday evening, uh, midnight until Wednesday afternoon about 4 o'clock. Which, by the way, if you want to join the fast track team, probably you're already doing a lot of the same prayers that we're praying for. But if you join the fast track team, then your prayers can count for so much more. And let, let me just say, it's not prayers for our nation, although it is prayers for our nation. It's uh, not prayers for the president, although it is prayers for the president. In other words, it's the fast track team is about helping and praying for the prophecy club to fulfill its call by God. And yes, in that process, we pray for the president, we pray for America, we pray for all kinds of things. Pray that there won't be a series of explosions all across America. Maybe I should take a second and, and go through some of the things we pray for. But anyway, perhaps we'll get to that. Another fast is the no food, no water fast. Now, boy, oh boy, let me talk to you about this. It's real serious. So the story on this was, now I'd already done 
back when Dimitri died, I was obviously very upset. And see, that's one of the things that pulls the heartstrings of God. When you are really upset because, I mean, again, you can pray for good things, and that's a good thing. Uh, but most of the time, at least in my life, when I fasted, I fasted because I am upset. I mean, there is something gone wrong. There's a financial problem, which is <laughs> in ministry most of the time. <laughs> uh, any, anyway, at least our, our ministry the last 20 years, and I can talk about that and tell you how God has kind of kept us behind the bush for some 20 years, but he's about to bring us out again. I was going to do a three-day fast, no food, no water. Now, what was so urgent at the time that I would do a three-day, no food, no water fast? Well, the Lord had told me that he was going to show me the end from the beginning. Told me that in an audible voice in the night. So that's what I was praying for, that he would show me the end from the beginning. Now, in my finite little mind, I was kind of hoping and thinking that that was going to be showing me enough to where I would be able to unseal and understand the book of Daniel. Well, that's not what he did. Perhaps I'll tell you that story. So anyway, I went out to a little cabin by the lake, and uh, it was no food, no water. I mean, hardest fast I'd ever done. I was going to do it for three days. Well, I was actually surprised. No food, no water. Yes, there was a time for the first day that I started getting thirsty, but I was surprised, I would even say shocked, to find out that it wasn't that tough. Matter of fact, that's part of the scary part of it, and that's the part that I want to warn you big, big time, because I wasn't hungry, and after, outside of just a little time in there, I wasn't that thirsty. It was actually going along no more difficult than just a normal weekly fast I do. I might even say no food, no water was actually even easier to do. And now it might be that I was doing a lot of praise and worship. I was doing a lot of working on memorizing the Bible. I mean, I just stayed and just seeped constantly. Again, no one's, I never, well, actually, I did turn the TV on a few times because I had to watch Fox News, of course. You know, I had to keep up what's going on. But outside of that, no. Uh, but it, it, here's the scary part. So it was about 50 hours into it. And that evening, I was going to go to bed. I was feeling fine. But at the same time, I could feel my strength sinking. I could feel my my body was, well, I guess the way I'd have to say it is it was starting to give up. And that's the scary part. And I started to go ahead and chance it. I thought, man, you know, this is, I mean, I could just, all of a sudden, sleeping was easy, like like never before. <laughs> and no food, no water was not that bad. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go on to sleep. Um, the Lord will protect me. And then I thought, no, at the same time, I shouldn't tempt the Lord. And I, I thought to myself, Stan, you cannot guarantee as weak as you have become. You cannot guarantee at this point, if you go to sleep, that you're going to wake up. And I thought, no, I, I can't tempt the Lord. So I went on back in and I drank an eight ounce glass of water and went on to sleep. And I broke my fast at 50 hours. I, so, but I, I found out. Okay, I found out that, at least as far as I'm concerned, past 50 hours, and it's really risky. Now, that's an important thing. I do not recommend you do a no-food, no-water fast. I also want to tell you another story. This was back when Y2K was coming up. A lot of people were praying fasting at the point that our nation would not go through this big problem that it didn't actually have to go through. 
But I heard a story about one fella that was actually in the Kansas area at the time I was living in the Topeka, Kansas. And uh, this brother had frozen to death. They found him after about three days, couldn't find out where he was. And he had gone out to some little barn, and this was like in December, December, Kansas, very cold. And they found him all snuggled up in a, in, in a sleeping bag, but he was fasting. And he was fasting apparently so much. See, when you fast, uh, your your body starts getting colder. I mean, of course, I'm 65, and I can tell you, every Wednesday when I fast, man, it's like I just automatically get up and I pull on the long sleeve shirt. I walk around with a sweater on, and I got a little heater in my office. <laughs> my, my wife will walk in, it's so hot in here. How do you stand it? Well, I'm fasting. And that's another thing. When you fast every week like I do, Every Tuesday evening till Wednesday afternoon at four p.m. There's a, there's it's 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 sometimes in some ways it's healthy, some ways it's not. Uh, if I don't eat on a regular basis, I start getting cold pretty quick. Well, just like that night, fifty hours, no food, no water. Man, I was I might not have woke up, and that's the reason it was important. Then I went ahead and drank the water. So the point is, uh, don't hurt yourself. They found this brother, and he had frozen to death. While fasting, you're playing with something real serious here. It's serious before God. But if there is a time and a place, if there is a reason to do a fast before God, then don't let anybody make you feel bad because you didn't do the fast hard enough or long enough or nothing like that. A fast is between you and God. Now, in our case for Fast Track, I lay out this fast and pretty much it's the same fast. Now, I am, for this crusade, I'm going to be asking them to do a three-day consecutive fast. doesn't mean they have to. It's a request, okay? It's, it, because at the end of the day, every fast is between you and God, period. You and God. Not you and your husband or your wife. Not, not you and your, It's between you and God. And you're saying, this is how much I want or I need. I beg you to answer this. This is how important this is to me. And if it's only important enough to not watch TV for a few days, then, again, don't let anybody, like the Bible says, judge you in meat or drink, and I'm even going to say also fasting. So there's different kinds of fasting, but the one rule that I think is important to follow, and that is if you say before the Lord you're going to do it, then make every effort to actually do it. In the case of the no food, no water fast, I broke that out of safety. It was so easy, it was actually dangerous. It was. It's that, that's the point I'm trying to make with all these fasts here. Don't hurt yourself doing this fast. Now, as you know, we're having this big crusade coming up. Well, here, we have some new people. Matter of fact, we're on a new station in the Dallas area. 770 AM, I'll give a little shout out for it. K-A-A-M. Very good station. Very powerful station. Covers all of the DFW area. Matter of fact, it goes all the way up into uh, Oklahoma City. All the way from the DFW area. Very powerful and so all of you DFW listeners, were happy to be on here. So we've been around about 25 years, had about 160 guest speakers, make 330 DVDs, all on Bible prophecy. We used to put them on speaking tours. At one time, we were doing 40 cities a month on a speaking tour. Then God had us turn to be doing these crusades. They were crusades. We called them Power of Jesus Crusades. And for three days, 9 to noon, 2 to 5, 7 to 10, for three days, we taught them how to take the early baby steps of how to give a personal prophecy. And now for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, it's been pretty much me on the radio 
with pretty much not guests. It's, it's amazing how God has changed our ministry. So let's talk a little bit about the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade. I've been released to say, and I say released to say this, I was praying about it and I got the anointing, so I feel like the Lord has released me to say this. This Sevenfold Miracle Crusade, starting April 19 through 22, is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. Let me say it again. The Sevenfold Miracle Crusade is the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history. Now, I know. I know how that sounds. You're probably saying, Stan, come on. Are you serious? Really? <laughs> because it's a real step of faith to advertise a meeting, believing for miracles, any kind of miracles. But to boldly say that this is the greatest are you aware of some of the great servants of the Lord and the miracles that God has used them through? Well, the answer is probably not, actually, because I haven't made a great study of the great miracles of the great revivals. Yes, I've heard some fantastic stories, as we all have. As a matter of fact, I've kind of not been a guy that's had much to do with miracles. As a matter of fact, I can tell you that probably as, as late as a year ago, uh, I can remember Leslie coming up and saying, look, when you get done start with a sermon, you have a time. You need to ask people to come up and, and ask if they want prayer. Uh, I actually finally, <laughs> I finally told her my heart one day. I said, really? Do I really have to? Do I have to pray for these people? Well, it's not that I didn't want to pray for them. It's just I get tired of praying for them and not seeing the results. I mean, I want, if I pray, I want to see a result. Well, of course, that all turned around one day when about nine months ago, I told you the story, when I was playing racquetball and one of my buddies fell down on the, the ground. I mean, I went outside of the racquetball court. He was laying down on his back with his feet up and his eyes were all bugged out. And he, he, we, he was, he was, uh, we don't know what was happening, but he was not breathing. We could not find a pulse. And I put my finger down his mouth trying to hold his tongue open because his tongue like stuck all out. It, it was, it was, he was in real, real, real bad shape. So for now, it seemed like 15 minutes to me, but other people laying around there, standing around there. And that's another thing. There was about 10 or 15 people standing around just watching the show with their hands on their chest, crossed across their chest, not doing a thing. Well, you know, I love the brother. So I was trying to get him to breathe. I was trying to move his tongue because I could see there's no way he could breathe. And, uh, the other, uh, uh, there was a couple of people that were giving him chest compressions, and this went on uh, again. They said seven or eight minutes, but here's the thing: you don't breathe, or you don't have a heartbeat for three minutes, and you're gone. I mean, later on, he said even he admitted he was dead. His his his, his uh, doctor said he also was dead. But finally, they just quit giving chest compressions. I mean, <clears throat> everybody just quit. Everybody just stopped. Everybody just gave up. The people that were giving him chest compressions just stood up and backed off, and all of a sudden everybody just stopped, and everybody realized he was dead. And I was on my knees beside him, and I just, I start getting emotional about this. But I just stopped for a minute, and I just very quietly, I laid my hands on his chest, and I said, Lord, bring him back. And about that time, oh, here comes his real big breath. His eyes started blinking. All of a sudden, I felt he's got a strong pulse. I mean, he was back. And I didn't even get the word name. I said, in Jesus. And all, he took the breath before I say the word name. So I saw the power of the name of Jesus. All of a sudden, I realized, wait a minute. God is answering my prayers. 
And I'm going to say this. I believe that God is answering your prayers too. But I think, you know, there's a scripture that says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it'll be given. Now, I'd like to be able to say, because I memorized the book of Revelation, I get my prayers answered more. Yeah, I'd say that sort of helped. But I'd say the thing that has turned my spiritual life around brought me to where I know that the Lord is with me much closer than ever in my life is when I wrote that book. When I, I'm telling you, that's a supernatural book. I mean, I'm not saying my book is, I guess we need to take a second to talk about it. I'm not saying my book is on the level of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but this past Friday night we were talking about it. Uh, we're reading through the book in, in our Bible study at uh, Spirit of Prophecy Church on the corner of Park and K in Plano, Texas. If you'd ever like to come, Friday night is Bible study starting at 6.30, and then Sunday morning worship begins at 9.30. Anyway, so Friday night we're reading through my book, and I, and I asked the people, I said, Again, I'm not saying it's on the order of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not the Word of God. I know that. I said, but would you also agree that it's not on my level? And they, (laughs) they all said, "Uh, yeah, we we, we'd agree with that. As a matter of fact, I should probably tell you some of the comments. Uh, You know, my email is askstan at prophecyclub.com, and I give that out on an occasional basis, and no one sees that but me. So, I mean, you send an email, and it goes directly to me, askstan at prophecyclub.com. And when the book first came out, which, by the way, <laughs> was sold out, uh, so we're on back order. We've got some more ordered. They're on the way. Uh, be here probably in two, three weeks on the outside. Anyway, well, <laughs> that's another thing. They're, they're selling a lot, selling like hotcakes. So the comments that that are coming in about the book, I was expecting to get a whole lot more comments, and we talked about that at the Bible study. And I said, well, Stan, you know, your book is not difficult, but it's deep. It's very deep, and it, it takes, because it's so deep, I mean, prophecy's deep, but this makes prophecy actually easier to understand. But I think it's because it is deep. As people go through it, this is not a book you can sit and read in one evening, this is not. You're you're gonna you're gonna. There are gonna be uh, t- cases where you will stop and read the same sentence twice or three times, or the same paragraph two or three times. Uh, as I had my secretary on, she said, and she wasn't a prophecy student. She didn't come to us because of prophecy club. She just happened to come to the church because she was looking for a church, and so this whole prophecy thing is all new to her. She started reading through my book. She said she had to read the first three chapters three times. <laughs> but she says, now that I've read through the whole book, as a matter of fact, I had her go back through the last several chapters uh, rereading because she's really good at finding errors and editing and things like that. She just raves about the book. She says, you know, I never understood prophecy. I didn't even know what prophecy was before I came to this. She says, now this book helps me to understand. I said, so you don't find it to be difficult? She says, No. It's actually a joy. She said, I can't believe I have lived so much of my life and not understood and known about Bible prophecy. No. Now, yes, it is deep. I mean, because it's it's helping you to basically understand the book of Revelation. It's deep. But no, it's it's easy. It's easy to understand. It's just deep. That's what everybody keeps saying. It's easy to understand, but it is deep. Now, let's talk specifically about the book. 
So the story is, in 2017, I decided just as a project I was going to memorize the book of Revelation. I didn't think anything big and special was going to happen, but I began to get revelations. I got 30 revelations and two visions, giving me much more depth in understanding Revelation. And God showed me that the word first fruits is actually a secret door found that links the feasts of Leviticus to the prophecies in Revelation. Now, what I just said is really important. Let me read that again. God showed me that the word first fruits is actually a secret door that links the feasts in Leviticus to the prophecies in Revelation. Links the feasts to the prophecies. Links feasts to prophecies. Now, what that does, when linked, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. Like, for example, what feast does the judgment seat of Christ happen on? Well, no. Well, you will know when you read this book. Upon what feast is the great white throne? Upon what feast is the marriage supper of the Lamb? What feast is it that the 144,000 are resurrected? What feast is the, the wheat feast? In other words, when you and I, if we are dead at that time, what is the feast that we are resurrected on? And when we are resurrected, what happens? Where do we go? It helps you. Everybody, everybody that reads this says that there's not a prophecy book that even comes close to this and understanding this. Well, why? It's because not because I'm special. Because God says it's time for him to unseal a lot of the prophecies for people to know because it is the last days. So for the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on. Even though I've hosted the Prophecy Club Radio for a program for some 25 years, I will tell you quickly, I didn't know any of this two years ago when I started memorizing the book of Revelation. And that's what I've done for a living for 25 years is teach prophecy. I didn't know anything that's in this book. And everybody asked, I said, did you know anything in this book? No, it's all new information, all of it, all new. I, I know, it's a big statement. Matter of fact, a prophetic word I got from a visiting pastor that didn't even know I had written a book said, there is a lock that I put on a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. A new light is being shown upon your heart as a chosen vessel of mine to put the end time puzzles together. This book is that book. I also should say, since this book is about the 30 revelations and the two visions that I got, and I got no revelations or visions on the rapture, the rapture is not found, that book, that, the word rapture is not found in the book any place. I do not discuss the rapture. So I will say this, it does not make any difference what position you are, pre, mid, post. We don't even discuss it in the book. It's it not, you're not going to get any hope that the rapture is what position you think it is in this book. It's totally not about the rapture. You may be thinking, well, how can you have a book about prophecy and not discuss the rapture? Well, actually, pretty easy. And you will not find anything in this book that offends you. Uh, that's a question I've asked a lot of people that have read it. Nope, nothing offensive in the book. It doesn't make any difference what your denominational background is, what position you are in the rapture. won't be offensive to you. It will help you in a wonderful way to understand the end times like you've never seen before. Now, yes, we have sold out of the first 3,000 printing. I've got another 10,000 books on the way. 
And we don't charge your card until the book is ready to ship. So fear not. You can go ahead and place your order. We'll get it to you as soon as possible. We just got surprised with how many books, it's a good thing, that we're selling. So if you'd like to have the book, here's the way it works. One for 20. Don't do that. One book for 20 or five for 30. Or here's the best deal, 10 for 55. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Why? Because I'm sending you the extra books. I'm basically just giving them to you because I want you to give them around. I want this book to fall in the hands of as many people as is possible. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55. Prophecyclub.com for the book. Prophecyclub.com for the book. If you want to find out about the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades coming up April 19th to 22, the start of the greatest miracle revival in American history, if you want to be able to teach Bible prophecy, if you want me to lay hands on you to receive that prophetic anointing and the anointing to walk in miracles, then pray and ask God if he wants you to be at this crusade. If you want to be there, it's sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. 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 April 19th to 22, we ask you to do a three-day consecutive fast, break your fast for the Passover meal that evening. And I believe we're going to see sevenfold miracles at the sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless you.